Welcome to Hearts and Minds. This is Siobhan Scullion. I'm joined by Maura Cassidy and today we're going to talk about Easter. Yes, we are. And yeah. it's very opportune because it's nearly upon us. Yeah, it certainly is. So I was going to, I suppose the first thing I was thinking of really was Easter. When we think of Easter, um, sometimes we just fall into Easter, even though we have Lent. Yes. I know now some people commented to me recently that, um, God, what happened to Lent? I just, as in, it did happen, I know. And I was trying to do a good Lent, but um, it just flew. It does. It just disappears. It does. I yeah. think when you get to week three and then you yeah. suddenly go, golly, two weeks left. Yeah. And I think is maybe it's COVID, maybe it's we're going at such a pace. Um, but I suppose I thought it would be nice to think about the fact that Easter is the climax after a, ver- a series of really important events. Mm. And it does well, it does us good to reflect on those events because there is a tremendous meaning in Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephen Bullivant, the writer um, from the UK, talks about sometimes how we can over-domesticate our faith. You know, the simple example he gives is sometimes, you know, we often wear a crucifix, you know, a yeah. necklace as a sign of our faith to indicate, you know, what our belief is. But sometimes it can be reduced to just a, a customary piece of jewellery. Whereas for the early Christians, the crucifix was an incredible instrument of torture. Mm. It was, a, it was a, a scene of death. It was a scene of humiliation. And for them, that that Jesus who claimed to be God the Messiah was tortured and killed on a cross was for them the, the greatest act of devastation. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know what the modern equivalent of that would be, but yeah. maybe um, cancelled, no, on, on platform, not remotely, but it's yeah. a very, very highly significant event. And sometimes maybe we wonder why, you know, when people see us as Catholics, you know, maybe going to the ceremonies and, oh, you, you know, we're going out on Friday and you go, no, I'm going to the ceremonies. And mm. it's kind of like, you do your thing and I'll do my thing. You know, you do me, I do me. Yeah. But, Sometimes it's we need to, I suppose, maybe unpack a little bit the radicalness. Like our faith is crazy. It's crazy because there is such a radicalness about God becoming man, God wanting to be a personal God, mm. and God dying for our sin. Yeah. And I think those that that sense of, you know, even using the beauty of the liturgy beforehand, you know, a lot of people get off a Good Friday, you know, half day and have the opportunity to go to the sermons on Good Friday. And they have the opportunity maybe to go in the evening to mm-hmm. the Holy Thursday. And the Holy Thursday ceremony is like, that's a high point of the of the Christian tradition because we it's a high point of celebration because Jesus Christ Institute gave us the Mass. He told mm. us, look, I'm going to heaven, yeah. but I will be here, you know, I will be here in the, in the Eucharist. I yeah, am present huge, in the Eucharist. It's a huge feast day. Massive. It is a huge feast day, feast day. And I remember saying to somebody once, oh, you know, we were having dinner or something because we were having a big dinner for because it's like, is this Holy Thursday? Oh, no, 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 it's still Lent. I'm like, no, it's a big feast day. We have to celebrate. You know, a friend of mine says that her husband jokes about the fact that, you know, because of their Catholic faith, he said, mm. now I think he converted and he said, you know, everything, there's so many celebrations. Oh, it's you know brilliant, I mean? yeah. Which I, <laughs> but it is, it is, it does, it does strike people as strange in Holy Week, but Holy mm. Week is like the week of the outpouring of God's love for us yeah. in a very human, human way. Because yeah. Jesus does even use the words in the, in that beautiful, those beautiful gospel accounts of Holy Thursday of how I longed and longed mm. to share this up with you. And that was just before his death. Yeah. And then, of course, the washing of the feet to show us that there is no Sin that is beyond God's redemption, God's forgiveness, and yeah. there, and that we would do the same for each other. That yeah. we would always treat our brothers and sisters in the faith, our brothers and sisters, 
you know, no matter what they're faced yeah. with that outpouring of God's love. So and sense of service as well, exactly. you know, and to be humble enough to take that role of a servant as well, to yeah. be of service to other people. Exactly. Yeah, it's great. You know, and I think it's funny because even I was lucky enough to go to a conference there in, in February. It was the... Um, it was the church's story run by Catholic Voices in collaboration with um, Word on Fire and to hear Bishop Barron and Tom Holland speak. And it was very interesting to hear yeah. them discuss the church in today's world. And mm. and he, his um, Tom Holland's main point was, don't, you know, the Catholic faith is, he said, weird in that sense. It, mm. it clashes with modern culture. Yeah. But don't let, and so many of the values of our culture, whether it's equality or the dignity of the person, are inherently Catholic. Yes. They're not, they're not, they're not from the world. In mm. fact, you can look at the, you might say, the, the state of civilization, as we'd say, before Christianity. And women were certainly not equal. Oh, yeah, um, very much so. You know, yeah. all kinds of things. I needn't go into it, but... <clears throat> And slavery was rife. So, mm. and it's not that it continued, it, it, it was abolished for a long time afterwards. But in terms of the Catholic tradition, the equality of the person was, was, is critical. So I think it's very helpful for us to realize that Christianity transformed the world that we know it. And we're called to do the same. You know, mm. very shortly after Jesus' death and his resurrection, the apostles were given the commandment or the mandate by Christ, go and make disciples of all nations. That was it. Yeah, I know there was a, so they literally all twelve of them spread out all over the world. Like Saint Thomas the Apostle, tradition says he ended up in India. As you know, Saint Peter was martyred in Rome, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. you know, these were fishermen from the Lake Sea of Galilee. Yeah, they had no formal education, and because of the the power of their faith and the strength of their faith and love of Christ and that sense of, you know. There was certainly certainly not risk. There was certainly risk. They they were risky. They weren't yeah. risk averse. Yeah. Um. They weren't looking for safety. You know, they were leading in the best possible sense of the word. Mm. Um, so I think that's beautiful. And I think also what's beautiful about the Easter, uh, the Easter period and the Easter, you might say, celebration are the gospel accounts of Holy Saturday, the Vigil mm. Mass for Easter Sunday, Easter Sunday morning, and then Easter week. Because they, they give you such a sense of credibility of the faith because it really shows human beings going, ah, that couldn't have happened. Yeah. You know, so That's first true, of all, yeah. isn't it true? So first of all, you're yeah. the disciples of a mouse talking to Jesus, you know, on that roadway, yeah. you know, where you can go and visit now. It's yeah. a mouse. It's, it's, it's that road leading up to Jerusalem, which is a beautiful space. I've never been, but a lot of people have told me. Yeah. Someday maybe I'll go. But it's beautiful because they're talking to Jesus and they're going like, haven't you heard? Like he yeah. said he would, but he didn't. And now what's happened is. Yeah. And some women in our group have said that he's appeared. In other words, they're off their trolleys. Yeah. So... You you get you know that that could be you and me in many occasions. Yeah. How many conversations do we sometimes have? Well, the state of the nation chats. Yeah, you know, and about, you're disappointed in something. You know, you had these big expectations, and then it sure didn't work out. You exactly, know, that's or kind of how it is, or else know? because so many people maybe go, oh, you, you oh, you believe, oh, that's oh, great, I'm glad. Okay. So what do you get out of it? You know, do yeah. you enjoy mass? And we're kind of almost pushed into a corner, supposed mm. to going, absolutely. Yeah, you know, I want to. Sh you know what I heard today? So mm. you turn the tables on that. But I suppose mm. what's beautiful about the accounts is. They there's one for each one of us in the audience. So you have St. Thomas, the apostle, who's there going, he wasn't there when the others were there. He wasn't there when, you know, when Jesus appeared to the other, the other apostles. Mm. Uh, you wonder why? What was he up to? Mm. Uh, why wasn't he with the others? You know, maybe he just was so devastated. Because he did say earlier, you know, in the week, in Holy Week, he said, Jesus, I will go with you and die with you. Yeah. So he wasn't afraid of death. But then this whole business, you know, it was almost like he's annoyed. Jesus, I've spent three years with you and you never told us this was going to happen. You sort of did, but you never unpacked it enough. And now you're expecting us to do what? 
You know, so yeah. it was like a total, his whole world had fallen apart. Yeah. So he needed to be able to touch Jesus. And how often that happens to us, that we go, God, look, do you know what? I want, I want, I want. And he's going, well, do you know what? What you need is. And we go, no, no, forget about what I need or what you see. Yeah. This is, you need to you need to show up right now. Yeah, yeah right give now. me what I want. Because you know what? I've been here for you all the time. <laughs> and we haven't really. You know, yeah. it's kind of like a God of my promises as opposed yeah. to creator, God, yeah. to whom I owe everything. To yeah. whom my life's a gift given to me by God, you know, by the Blessed Trinity, mm-hmm. and for me to give back yeah. to others. So, Saint Thomas, I think, is a is a wonderful one. And then, of course, we have um, the women. You know, of course, you have Mary Magdalene, who's like yeah. just spectacular, and we're so proud of her. At least I think she's just incredible. Yeah. And she's there, going, I just, I don't care what's happened. I just need to be near Jesus. Yeah, because without him, my life is no meaning. Mm. And so, if this happened and you allowed it to happen, well, that's okay. She doesn't even think about the the rock before the stone. Yeah, and you, how, you know, how will she move it? You know, oh no, that was... There. Like, we'll sort it out when we get there, but yeah, just go. Typical go. woman, just get into the car, kids, and we'll just get go. there. Don't we'll worry, get there. We'll sort it just out. needs to be there, just one step at a time. So I think it's it's a beautiful thing to reflect on that, and I think it's a great moment for women because yeah. we were there up front and central at the cross. Mm. Um, so that sense of trust. I think the other beautiful thing about the Gospel accounts and the humanity of the of the apostles, which... I think we just have to be so grateful that they weren't afraid to be humble yeah. and that the you might say the four evangelists, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, told told everything as it was. They didn't mm. try to sort of show anybody up in any particular rosy-hued light. Yeah. But like St. Peter, like, you know, the Pope, the first yeah. Pope, what happens to St. Peter? You know, St. Peter and all of the apostles, you can sense, they're feeling the sense of, you can imagine the silence. Yeah. That sense of, okay, Jesus has died on the cross. We didn't get this. But on top of all, we betrayed him. Mm. We betrayed him by saying we didn't know him. One of our own has actually well gone and basically sold him off. Yeah. And the rest of us were too, too scaredy cats to yeah. even be there. Yeah, we had so, no courage. Yeah, we didn't follow him. Yeah. So they were traumatized. Apart from John, obviously. Apart yeah, from John, John, yeah. You know, but they were traumatized by that. Yeah. Like, how do you, how do you, how do you come back from that? Yeah. Well, that's what's yeah. so incredible. Because yeah. that for, for us, I think, is a beautiful sign of the fact that there is nothing that should take away, it takes away from Jesus. And we're capable of anything. Mm. And we shouldn't be surprised about our humanity mm. in the sense that we can let people down, we can do evil, we can do wrong. But there is nothing that Jesus, that's outside God's power to forgive. So when Jesus meets them, there's none of this, so let's walk through why, you know, let's walk through yeah. why you did that. Like you <laughs> might have, yeah, you know. Yeah, let's break it down. <laughs> break it down. So what was going through your mind when you did that? Like you might with a bad child, you know, yeah. child. Oh gosh, yeah. So why did you do that to your brother? You know, really yeah. and truly, do you think, whatever. Mm. So I think it really is, it's an impressive moment because Jesus, literally, it's all for the, for, for the apostles, it's all about meeting them where they're at. So, you know, Thomas, put your finger here, all this. It's yeah. peace. Peace I bring. I don't come to go, you know, sit you down and chastise you. And with Peter, who's still feeling the burden of his own sin, he says, yeah. do you love me? Mm. And it's a reminder to him is that, you know, Jesus is all about, this is where we are and this is where we're going. What happened in the past isn't really of relevance. Mm. Whereas we carry so much baggage. Oh, you we know? do. Yeah, oh, we definitely do, yeah. And that's why I do think the beauty of, of you might say, the Easter liturgy and within the church that it's a lovely tradition that each Catholic, would, we would try to go to confession during this period of Lent and Easter. Mm. And why would that be? Because um, because we need forgiveness, you know, and forgiveness is something that um, is the greatest sign of God's love and that Jesus Christ is ultimately a God of mercy. You know, Easter tells us who God is and who we are. God is compassion and there's nothing 
There's absolutely nothing that he won't do for us. Um, so I suppose credibility, you might say at the outset, as I mentioned mm. earlier, our, our sense of pride as Christians and Catholics over the Easter liturgy, because yeah. this is who we are. God yeah. did this for us. This is our week. This is the high point. This is the high point for yes. us. I say our week, but it's our Lord's week. But you know what I mean? Like, this is our week. It definitely is. And that sense, I suppose, of, of mercy, you know, God's, God who saves, he doesn't negotiate sin. Mm. He takes it upon himself. You know, he does the heavy lifting. Um, and then he gives us the strength, you might say, to carry. You know, mm. he says to us at times in our life, you know, and I think that's a lovely reminder to us. There will be times in our life when there are difficulties, when there are blind spots, when we can feel tempted not to trust, to roll back on our commitments, to roll back on whatever it is. And those are the moments where God trusts us enough to go, look, you've been by my side for so long now. Can you walk with me like Simon mm. of Cyrene? Mm. So just to, to bring that into the liturgy, we have Good Friday. And Good Friday, it's a stark liturgy. There's no flowers. There's no cloth on the altar. We genuflect before the crucifix. The church is left, you know, bereft of any mm. beauty in that sense. Yeah. Um, Jesus, God is dead. Yeah. There's no Eucharist in any of the tabernacles. And at the same, and we leave in silence. Yeah. But what it's also a beautiful reminder to us is that, you know, if we walk through the way of the cross, if we have the opportunity to do it on Good Friday, where who were the people along the way that met Jesus? And each one mm. of us can be a Veronica, mm. you know, just to wipe, to wipe his, his face, face yeah. be a Simon of Cyrene to, okay, I'll take on this challenge or this difficulty at work or in a relationship because... I can carry the cross yeah. in this and I can accompany you, Jesus. And that's a, a sign of maturity in our faith mm. when we do have crosses in our life. Yeah. And that, as we know, that can show up in so many ways. You know, in a, a busy, busy period in our work when we just get super stressed or, you know, relationship difficulty or a sick child or finances, whatever it is. Mm. Sometimes we just don't, don't join up the dots. Yeah. And those are the moments where God says, Jesus says, will you walk with me? Will you mm -hmm. carry with me? And then other times it's where we just, you know, the famous story or the poem of footsteps, oh, footprints yes. rather, yeah. where Jesus carries us. Yeah. So I think that's Jesus does the heavy lifting, but then he trusts us enough at certain points in our life to ask us, can you walk with me? Yeah. Um, we do use the word vulnerability a lot. Um, but I think, you know, St. Pope John Paul II used to say that a modern man is uncomfortable with the idea of mercy. We're uneasy with mercy mm. because we feel we should be on top of things in yeah. control. Yeah, And I think, you know, we need to, I suppose, ask ourselves, well, how much have we let ourselves be influenced by that mentality? Because God's mercy might seem to us as excessive or almost like childish, but we need it. Yeah, we do need it. And sometimes even it's hard for us to kind of grasp it at a human level mm. because it seems so excessive. Mm. But we need it. You know, we do need it. Uh, and that idea of thinking, oh, I, I should be able to do this. I was really struck by what um, Gobnett O'Grady said in her last, on the last, one of the last podcasts with this idea of like, I should, should abide us or something like that. Shouldism. Shouldism, that's it. I should, I should be able to. Well, why should you, you know, kind mm. of take a step back and, um, you know, and our Lord doesn't expect that of us in well, a sense. Well, interesting you say that because one of the famous, one of the most beautiful lines in the gospel is where, the apostles are discussing who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Yes. And he takes a child, like he yeah. actually takes the imagery, not just the image, mm -hmm. the physical presence of a child and mm. goes, if you can't basically become like a little child, you will never enter the kingdom yeah. of heaven. Yeah. And he doesn't mean childish, he means a simplicity of 
you know, of depending on me, the simplicity yeah. of not trying doing the little things and seeing mm. the meaning of the little yeah. things and not mm-hmm. been looking for to be powerful. And we think we sometimes equate the spiritual life a bit like life. We think we should success followed by success, followed by success, followed by yeah. achievement and results. Yeah. Whereas that's not really the paradigm for a fulfilled life. Mm. A fulfilled life is a life where there's purpose as opposed mm. to performance. Yeah. And I think we need to keep challenging ourselves to that because Let's face it, Mary, Jesus' mother, was quite a humble woman, born mm-hmm. in Nazareth. Yeah. And, you know, she she's there at the foot of the cross and she's the most acclaimed human being ever mm. because she said yes to God. So what's more important for us, in fact, is how we can say yes to God in the small things of our of day. Of every as, day, yeah. As opposed to, here, God, here, here's my clean copybook. Look what I did today. Look, I'm so brilliant. <laughs> I'm so brilliant, which is kind of like what the Pharisees did, yeah. if you want to use yeah. the gospel example. So I do think... Um, yeah, that 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 ability to become small, mm. that ability to, and I think Easter as well. You know, we look at Easter, and obviously it's a, quite a dramatic occasion. You know, Jesus is risen from the dead. Mm-hmm. Even before that, on Good Friday, when Jesus dies, you know, the temple veil is rent. You know, it mm. just basically rips. Yeah, which by all accounts was pretty major because it was yeah. pretty big, pretty big, it, yeah. veil, you know, um, veil. And then the, there was a sort of semi earthquake. The rocks mm-hmm. split, um, and that the, the earth was darkened. A semi eclipse. So it was all pretty dramatic, but and then of course we have the, the Jesus rising from the dead and the mm. the rock over the big stone over the grave which had been sealed by Pilate actually is is is, is pushed away or crumbled mm. I'm not quite sure, um, and then we just have the bur- burial clothing of Jesus on the ground, um, and what does that remind us of? I suppose in one way, the tremendous power of God is unleashed. Mm. It reminds us of the transformative power of God. Mm. that is in each one of us when we're in the state of grace. Because as we said before many times in the podcast, you know, grace isn't just like a vitamin pill. Yeah. You know, <laughs> just going to take my, you know, get a little yeah. bit of zap. My daily dose of, of grace. <laughs> yeah. No, grace is actually God's life within me. Mm. So I think what can happen is we kind of swallow it and it's a bit like, you know, what I sometimes think I see sometimes is the the sort of um, humble genius who wants to kind of be below the radar and doesn't mm. want the teacher to spot that they actually have pretty good par- pretty good yeah. academic yeah. abilities because they don't want to be noticed. And sometimes that can happen to us is that we kind of put our grace, God's, God's grace to us, and you can't store it, you see. Mm. So God gives us grace for everything of the day, but sometimes yeah. we choose God, that's a bit risky. Listen, we'll talk just about park it, park it, it. <laughs> and I'll just do it my way. And if things really go wrong, I'll call on the grace. I'll come back to you. <laughs> and that's not really yeah. trust. It's kind no, of saying you're the other option. You're the third yeah. option. Um, and I think that's helpful for us to realize how many times in my day do I actually call on the power of grace? Mm. You know, it could be in moments where you have to have, you know, we need to have a conversation with somebody, we need to reach out to somebody, find upsetting, or we just need to be brave enough to put God first and to put the other pressing things in our day to one side and do them within the time that I have. Yeah. Um, So I think we've gone from mercy, I suppose, there to being childlike so that we can Mm. really embrace God's mercy. Um, So, and I think just to say, I suppose Easter does tell us who God is and who we are. Mm. And that is God is a father and we are his children. Yeah. Um, I was lucky enough to be in the Netherlands last week and I was in a church um, not far from Maastricht. Okay. And in the church, apparently it was a church that, it was a big cathedral actually, in quite a small community. Yeah. A Catholic church or cathedral and um, like one of these big Gothic churches and St. John Paul II was there. Ah, okay. But there is the most beautiful sculpture of God the Father holding the crucified Christ. 
Oh, that's lovely. So yeah. it is that sense of God the Father asking his son, will you do this for our loved ones? Yeah. And I think sometimes just to think of ourselves is, has, can God ask me to do something for the sake of others? Mm. And sometimes mm. when we think of our, you know, Easter and Catholicism and all that, and we can feel a little bit sort of under pressure, you know, or under pressure with our peers, under pressure with our world in which we live in, to live, mm. live according to our values. Maybe that's God the Father asking us, can you do this for the sake of others. Yeah. Can you give, you know, you're not just here to live for yourself. Mm. You're here to live for the sake of others, as the first apostles and the first Christians did. They mm. were very, they were tremendous evangelizers. Yeah. The, the Christianity spread like wildfire. Yeah. Because they experienced the radicalness of it in their lives. Yeah. And the extreme you know? joy as well. Exactly. And that's what pushed them on. Yeah. Um, that sense. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's the thing you pick up on the gospel accounts. It's just the excitement, the joy, yeah. the sense of newness, you know. And yeah. we are, you know, we are an Easter people, you know. Yeah. Hallelujah is so, our song, yeah. all of that kind of thing. So we need to celebrate Easter and throw the yeah. house out the window. Um, and again, as we, I think it's, it doesn't have the same hype as Christmas, obviously. No. Um, but because of that, you know, there isn't the same pressure to buy presents and have the Christmas dinner yeah. and the turkey and the ham and the white sauce and all that. And all the things. And yeah. all the relations over and everything. Yeah. It's, there is more, there is in a sense maybe more time apart from the Easter mm. eggs and all that. So it's another, an ideal opportunity for us to, I would say, you know, commit to going to the liturgy, commit yeah. to going to Holy Thursday, you know, the Mass of Holy mm -hmm. Thursday, the Mass of Last Supper, which is usually at 5 p.m. or 7 p.m. in local parishes. Commit to going to the Good Friday communion service and mm -hmm. adoration of the cross. Commit to going to the vigil or the Sunday Mass because it is so, so rich. Mm. And it's a beautiful moment to realize our identity. Because even something as beautiful as discovering the Psalms, we can often read the Psalms and not really understand them. Like at the mm. moment, there's a lot of Isaiah and Micah and all of yeah. these tremendous prophets. Um, but what they're really doing is prophesying the Christ. Yeah. His beard was ripped. Mm -hmm. His face was spat on. He could number his bones. Like mm -hmm. that was prefiguring, prophesying yeah. Jesus' death. Yeah, the, yeah. His so, death on the cross. His yeah. death on the cross. So yeah. they are, there's a beautiful, lit, there's a beauty about the liturgy. Yeah. In a sense, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. No. It's all, the, I mean, the church is, has it all there for us. Yes. And if we, you know, follow that liturgy, it really, I mean, it's a great step to really appreciating Easter. It is. Yeah. It is. And I think to count on the grace, mm. you know, is to say, you know, just go there to receive. Yeah. Go there to receive. And, and as I said at the very beginning, you know, to realize that the risky nature of our faith, that mm. it is, we're stepping away from the crowd. We are yeah. different. We want to be different. Yeah. We're not afraid to be different. Mm. Um, and this is the beauty. And to let ourselves unpack that beauty mm. for ourselves and also for others. For others. Maura, that I think that's a wonderful way to end. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed this. Um, so wishing everyone a very happy and holy Easter. Um, and thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you in the next episode. 